Hello, swimmers, and welcome to Torpedo Swim Talk. Today's guest is FINA world record holder and coach Cecilia Stanford. There you go, Hi, Cecilia. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. Where in South Africa are you coming to us from today? Um, I'm in Cape Town. Um, luckily, right um, on the seaside, so I'm very fortunate I can look out my window and see the sea, although it's not very, very appealing today because it's all grey and, and the weather's a bit miserable, but still oh. beautiful. Do you do much um, ocean swimming? I've dabbled, but I'm not the bravest. I prefer the line and to see what's underneath me, but um, I do a little bit of open water swimming as well, yes. Yes. Okay. Did you get a swim in the pool today? Unfortunately not because we in lockdown again. Um, so I normally train from one of the gyms and um, we, we it's been closed um, since the beginning of this week um, for, an, for two weeks. So unfortunately not, but I did manage a little run along the beachfront. Um, so that's what I've had to be doing. No swimming. Yes. So how, how has COVID affected your swimming in South Africa over the year? Have you had long stints away from the water or um, what's happening there? Um, it, it has been really difficult for um, all the swimmers because the pools have been locked down and most people are swimming indoors. We're not as fortunate to have as many beautiful facilities as in Australia and many other places. So swimming um, facilities are few and far between. And um, most of those have been closed because they are indoor. Um, At one stage, they even closed the outdoor pools. Um, But last year, I was really very fortunate because we've just moved back from to Cape Town because we've been living on a farm. My husband wanted to go farming. Um, And I had a facility there because one of the agreements for going farming was that I had my own pool built, oh, which wasn't that fantastic. But um, so the first initial lockdown that we had a year ago didn't really affect me. So I was very fortunate I could carry on swimming um, and my swimming training carried on pretty much as normal. But for the other master swimmers, unfortunately, it did affect them. I mean, they were out of the water for, I think, about five months. So um, it's really been tough. So this is my first little stint um, feeling what they did last year. Yes. Oh, wow. How, how did you go training by yourself on the farm? Um, I won't lie. It was really tough. I mean, everyone says, oh, you're so lucky. You know, you've got this pool all to yourself. Um, yeah. And if you've ever tried to go and swim all by yourself, it's not the easiest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I am pretty motivated, though, but I did find it difficult because I've often swum by myself, even when I um, have had a coach, because it was often not somebody that was the same speed as me. So I would sort of be swimming myself, but you still had people around you. So even now that I'm back and I'm at the gym, there's always somebody in the lane next door that's either trying to dice you, you know, race you, or, um, you know, I'm trying to see if I can overtake somebody. So there's just some sort of activity and it's 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 just a little bit easier than being completely alone. So yeah. I did struggle a bit, um, but luckily I am fairly motivated. Yes. Uh, but 
it's not the easiest. I do prefer to have other people swimming around me as well, even though I'm swimming on my own. Yes. Did you have someone setting, setting programs for you or were you doing that yourself? Um, I do that myself. Um, I've, I've done quite a lot of coaching as well um, and teaching, um, but I think I got, you know, I, I, when we moved to Cape Town originally uh, 28 years ago because we were living somewhere else in Pretoria, um, I heard about a coach called Clara who is very well known in South African terms and produced many top swimmers. Um, and I was fortunate enough to get to swim with her as a master swimmer. And um, I learned so much from her. So I still basically use the type of sessions that, you know, I used with her for about, I swam with her for about um, 15 or 16 years. So that sort of imprinted in my mind. So I do my own sessions. Um, you know, I, I still use a lot of her, her ways um, of, of coaching. So I, but I do my own. Um, being that said, though, I've, my daughter's also swims um, and I've been doing some of her sessions, which are quite nice because I don't know what to expect. So it's almost like having a coach again. So I've been using some of Taryn's sessions, which are quite different to what I'm used to. But isn't that the nice thing about having different sessions? I think one has to be open to that because you learn something different and your body changes by doing different sets. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's been, I've actually been quite fortunate with that. Yeah. Um, what what kind of sessions do you set yourself? Give us a bit of an example. Say, for instance, for a, um, an aerobic threshold type set, what would you what would you set for yourself? Um, I'm, I don't get too hung up on, on all the sort of technical stuff. I'm not, um, you know, uh, I've never had a coach that, has spent time explaining all those sorts of things. Um, so I don't, I, my sets change and I have threshold and um, um, sprint sessions and, and different things. So I like to do different things um, every day and mix it and be pretty varied. So I wouldn't necessarily just do one um, sprint session. It wouldn't just be a whole sprint session. Uh, right. It would be it would be fairly mixed, um, and that sort of uh, Clara session, which keeps one um, interested, um, and I enjoy that because then I don't get as bored. So I would mix it up. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm my stroke is I am so I do quite a lot of that in butterfly. But I mean, some days I would do crawl, but I wouldn't just do a threshold or a long sort of thing. It would be changed. I would do. I normally start with a warm-up um, and then I would have some sort of main set, whether it be 200s or 100s um, with short rest interval or with descending sets or um, various things and then maybe a kick set and some pulling and then I might go into another stroke and, and do a similar thing. It might be 100s. So there's, there's no real consistent format or specific, um threshold or sprint session um it's it's mixed, mixed. there might be some more in one session than than another session um so i think that's what's really worked for me is just to be open so i do i have it in my own head but i can't 
tell you the reasoning. Um, it just works for me. So, um, it's probably not very helpful, but um, it's it's in my head, and yeah, I yeah. think that I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I suppose, yeah. So I just I just sort of go with what comes to my head, and I know what I've done yesterday and last week, and what I need to work on, and um, you know what needs to happen. But definitely, there will always be. 95% or 96% of the time, there's always kicking involved, um, whether it's short or long or sprinting or sort of fart leg, there will always be at least 400 meters of kicking. Um, I think that's pretty vital. And always some little bit of sprinting, whether it's 25s or 50s, um, mixed in mostly. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a good as an IM swimmer, isn't it? Leg strength. Yes. I think with any with any swimming, um, if your legs are strong, then you basically are still quite strong and fit because if you've ever done lots of kicking, as I'm sure you have, you know how tiring that is. Yeah. So if your legs are good, I mean, you're needing that to kick, to finish, to turn, to start, to push off the wall. So um, leg work for me is, is, is key. Yeah. Do you swim both the 200 IM and the 400? Yeah, um, of late the four hundred is slipping a little bit <laughs> of the of the radar, um, but I do. Uh, I I prefer the two hundred. I probably just because, especially in the last eight years being on the farm, it's been easier to just train for that more so than the four hundred because it takes a lot more commitment and a lot a lot more work. Um, so I must confess, in the last while I've been a bit lazy. So I've been doing more two hundred, uh, and and. Not much more, even with the crawl. Although I've done a bit 400 freestyle in that as well, um, in in racing, but um, just more 200s. Yeah. Of IM. And what what would be your favourite IM set that you do in a session that you always sort of come back to as a standby? Well, I suppose it depends how lazy I am. But um, <laughs> one of the one of my um, Nice sets, if especially if I'm sort of needing to to get finished fairly quickly, is to do eight one twenty fives um, with the odd ones being in being easy crawl and um, the even one even hundreds being IM, which would be the first IM would have the the fifty fly and twenty five of the other three strokes, and then the next one would be twenty five fly fifty back and twenty five of the other strokes. Um, and working through that. Oh, that's that's an interesting set. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So that would be the main set. Obviously, with other things, I would, you know, do a bit of a warm-up with all the different strokes, maybe doing drills um, and things like that. And then I would kick, and then um, sometimes I would do, then do a 200 IM, you know, holding pace, and then maybe 450s um, hard, um, you know, and then, maybe a little bit of one of the other strokes or, or possibly some cool. Yes. Do you, do you find you need a, a longer warm-up as, as you're sort of getting older? Um, yes, I, I do find that. But um, doing some of Taryn's sessions, there's not room for that because she has a, a, a work life. And um, so sometimes the warm-up is a little bit shorter. And, and, I, and I think I do seem to... To cope, so I think it, it could be in one's head, but I do think that 
when you're older, a better, um, longer warm up is far more beneficial. Yeah. Do you do you do much sort of um, stretching or activation before you get in the pool, or do you just jump in and have that warm up as your as your starting point? I I just jump in and have that as my starting point. Yeah. I do a little bit of stretching and things, um, not always afterwards, but I I do um, try and gym do gym work twice a week. Yep. Um, and then I would stretch a little bit, but. I'm I'm not um, very good at all of that, <laughs> and uh, possibly because I'm on my own. I like to do it, and I do it sometimes. But you know, I'm, I try not to be too rigid with everything because yeah. I think then it, it becomes a chore, um, and I've never really found my swimming to be a chore. So I like to leave it that way. Yes. In a normal week, when you're not in lockdown, how how many times a week would you train? When I'm um, training for a competition um, and, and a, and a um, race meet, then I would, you know, say for Worlds or for our national championships, then I'm, I'm training five times a week. Right. But now because there's nothing really happening at the moment, um, I'm only doing three times a week and I'm swimming probably about 3.2Ks each time. Um, when I'm training much harder – then I would be training probably three and a half to three seven, yeah. Um, each time, yeah. And then I I run it. I try to. I wouldn't say run. My husband tells me I jog. <laughs> I jog twice a week or three times, um, just to to cross train because I think that's also important. Otherwise, your muscles just get used to the same exercise all the time. So I think it's good to do different things. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to have a chat about your um, Masters World Records. I know you've got some individual ones and some relay ones, both mixed and women's ones. What to you would be the most memorable world record that you've set? Well, I would think obviously the 200 IM, yes. which I did in, um, when I was 50, um, just because it is it, it was sort of an aspiration and a dream that a fair, a fair while to come to fruition. Um, you know, I didn't start off doing master swimming to break records or to to um, have any great achievements. I just started to, because I felt like I needed to exercise and I just wanted to feel good about myself. Um, so I think it was a sort of a culmination of like almost 20 years that started off with with no set um goal um and then obviously once I started swimming again um just I was so enjoying it and I think it's important to have goals so eventually a world record did become a goal so I think the 200 IM the 400 IM I also broke but you know Masters records are only reflected every six months or something and acknowledged. So I broke the record, but so did Lynn Marshall in Canada. So, and her time was faster than mine. So you get the certificate, but it was never, ever, you know, completely, it's recognized, but it wasn't official. So the 200 IM was. So I think obviously that had far more impact. Yep. And what meet did you set that 200 IM world record at? 
That was um, our local national championships. Right. In, um, in a small little country town in South Africa that was hosting the nationals. So it wasn't the best pool. So I think that made it um, even a big, bigger success for me um, and also really swimming on my own without yeah. any competition um, as such. Um, if I was at Worlds, I would have had much more competition. Yeah. So I think that made the, the world record sweeter for me. Yes. And do you have a special routine that you follow when you're behind the blocks for a big race like that? Like what's your mindset that you approach a race like that 200 IM? Um, you know, it, I, it had started before I get behind the blocks. I think one has to have self-belief in your training, in what you're doing, and know that you're doing the correct thing. And, and, and by the times that you're doing your training, know that you've done the work, that when you come to put the race together and you actually do the race, that it's going to work. Um, so before the time, I do that. Um, and I also um, visualize, and I think it's so important because, you know, you start building up a positive mindset and um, you start believing because you can see yourself doing the race and, you know, I see myself swimming and I see myself turning and I see myself in front and I can see that I'm doing the time. So I vis I, I often visualise. So I'm I, by the time I get to the meet, I'm, I already have, I'm pretty focused on, on the race already. And then before I get to the blocks, before when you're sitting in the sweat bin and you're waiting to get to the start of the race, yeah. I try to become very present and just keep focusing and um, do positive self-talk um, and just remind myself that, you know, I can do this and whatever. And then when I get behind the block, I, I try to block out all the noise and I try to stay focused and I, my heart rate is normally up a little bit anyway, but I might jump a few times and breathe a few times and just say you've got this and, and you're ready. So I think it's just about positive reinforcement. Yeah. And do you know all your stroke counts of each of your um, 50 metre stroke changeovers? <laughs> do you do that in the race or you just sort of um, let them... I'm a bit of a wingman. Yeah. Um, I know I should be doing that. So, you know, um, I can't really help people with that because I know, you know, people are taught to do that. I never was. Um, even with my coach, Clara, we never really did that. We would do a little bit of distance per stroke just as, a, as part of the drill work. Yeah. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm not very good at that. I do sometimes, but I think when, when I'm racing, I just go by what I feel when I'm in the water. And I think that just comes by knowing the way I'm swimming, what basically what time I, I will be swimming because that's how I train. So, you know, if I'm doing an easy, hard session, when I'm going easy, I know when I come in, I'm actually going to come in on 125 or 130. Or, you know, if I'm descending, I know, you know, that I, each time I'm doing 100 or a 50, that I'm coming in faster and more or less what time I'm coming in. So. I think that's what's worked for me more than counting my strokes. Yeah. 
Yeah. No. Uh, I, I don't. I don't um, tell people other people not to count these drugs. But um, no, I'm, I, I would lie if I profess that I did that. I don't. Yeah. No. It's what works for you. I mean, it's working for you. It's fantastic. <laughs> I suppose yes, it is. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's other things that I focus on. I suppose. Yeah. And how many FINA World Title Championships have you been to? Gee, Danielle, I've been so fortunate. I've been to, oh, I, I can't count now, but I, the first time I went was in 1996. Okay. And because at that time, you know, when I was a kid, I swam a little bit, but I was okay. I, I wasn't very good. Um, but there was no real drive because we were um, not allowed to go to the Olympics and, you know, because of all our apartheid rules and things. So we were banned from the Olympics. So there was no real um, motivation, you know, because there was nothing really to be able to be done with sport. You couldn't really go to another level or whatever. So I never um, really did anything. So when I went in 1996 to Sheffield, I'm sure that's what it must feel like to go to the Olympics. It yeah. was the most amazing experience. I was so fortunate. I, I really, I just felt like this must be... This must be what the Olympics feels like to the elite swimmers. Um, so that was my first one. And I've been to all of them um, up to this time, except for two. So I don't know, does that make about 11? Yeah, that's amazing. That's um, You must have visited some wonderful countries and had some great experiences. Um, indeed. And I think that was what sparked it, um, you know, with master swimming to say, what an opportunity if I could afford to I do want to go to everyone because you're going to a different location all the time so it wasn't just about the swimming so the swimming was driven by the swimming um but there was also that thing well if I keep going and I train um you know then what awaits after the swimming some wonderful travels and places to see yeah um, for example, Morocco. I mean, I would never have gone to Morocco on holiday. Um, but what an opportunity to go. And that was just a, a really different um, world championships, I must say. Um, not the best organised, but what a place to visit. That's amazing. Yeah. What what, what um, city was that held in in Morocco? It was in Casablanca. Right. But uh, uh, one of the strangest things, because there was only one flight a week, which was on a Friday, and the championship started on a Friday. Oh. So we had to leave the week before. Um, and somebody had organised a whole tour. So we went to uh, Marrakesh and we spent three days there. We tried to stay in the loop with swimming, but the pool was about 10 metres or not even. So we just floated around it so hot. And then we, we moved to Agadir. So we, we did our tour before the championships, um, but it was, it was wonderful. It was, it was really quite an experience. Wow, yeah, that, that sounds amazing. And have you been um, to any of the American um, nationals or FINA meets over there? One in San Francisco? Uh, yeah, I was in San Francisco, um, and that was quite a special meet for me because, although, funnily enough, um, I'd also never thought of being a world champion. So um, it was quite a shock in Casablanca, in sort of my weaker event, the 100 freestyle, to to win. So that was quite um, something. But 
I think San Francisco as well for me, um, I had never really thought that I would be a world champion either. I mean, when I started, I, I don't think I had the confidence um, to think that I could be that because everyone else was so fast. Um, but the faster you get or the, you know, the better you get, the easier it is to start dreaming and, and, and sort of aspiring and, and setting those goals. And um, at San Francisco World Champs, um, funnily enough, because it was at Stanford and having their same surname. Yes. And a whole family was there. Um, and I won the 200 IM. Um, so it was just the most amazing moment um, because I could actually hear my son shouting, go mom, go mom. So, um, <laughs> It, it, it was really a, quite a special moment. So I think there's just so many of those moments, just, you know, having my son and my daughter and my husband there and to actually see me win, you know, um, I was on such a high. I really was. I mean, I think I was a bit unplayable for a few days, but it was just, <laughs> it, was just it was so exciting. It was really very exciting. That would have been amazing to have your children there to witness that. That's fantastic. Yeah, it really, it was very special, I must say. And um, tell me what kind of race warm-up you do for a big race. I will always start off with at least a four or 500 easy crawl just to, you know, loosen up my body. Um, and then one of my favourite things is to do, because normally I would be doing um, IM or even if I'm not, I would do um, sort of pull swim, kick swim drill um, of all the strokes or just of the strokes that I would be swimming on that day or, um, you know, if I'm at World Champs because it's different stuff on different days. Um, so I would do that. Um, and then if I felt I needed to just do a little bit more, I would. And then I would do some sprints. So I will maybe start off with, you know, just doing 50 meters and, and sort of build for the 50 and, and then do a couple of um, 25 sprints, you know, sort of flat out just to get the heart rate up and to, to feel the water um, and then sort of cool down. But I would, you know, my warm up is always at least, it's, it's always over a kilometer. I just find that I need to, to do that just to, to know that I'm, I'm ready. Yep. Yeah, oh no, that sounds good. Have have you um, dealt with any injuries along the along the master's journey? Um, I I haven't really. Um, I've been very fortunate. I mean, I've had some niggles and things, but so far, touch wood, I've never had a shoulder thing, injury, um, or or anything as such. I mean, I I have stiff muscles and I uh, sometimes like that. And I think many years ago, I had. Um, a, a knee issue, but I think that was from the party after our national champs. It wasn't actually from swimming. Um, I was doing something, I think, dancing or whatever. Um, but luckily, I recovered fairly quickly from that. It, um, it was just it was a meniscus on on the knee, so um, it wasn't too serious. So I've been very fortunate. Um, but I think you know, having always doing a little bit of weights and a bit of other cross-training, I think that does help just strengthen your other muscle groups, um, you know, 
instead of just all the same using the same repetitive muscles in swimming like with your shoulders and that so um i don't know maybe i've just been fortunate though yeah no i think i think you're right cross training definitely helps and strengthens the body as well and gives it gives the shoulders a rest yeah yeah quite right and what's happening with competitions in south africa so obviously you're locked down at the moment is there um any plans on the horizon for meets popping up in the next few months or is it all sort of pushed back and postponed um there were in um on the horizon we we normally in cape town have a, a slight sort of break from in in may and june and so we don't normally have meets then and we start in july which we should have started but um swimming south africa has now banned and cancelled all of that so our local meet that we would have been having now in the middle of july will be cancelled unless something different happens so for the foreseeable future we don't know what's happening but i'm sure things will be lifted and hopefully you know the august september october meets because we have one a month um will happen um this year our national championships was cancelled um so uh, you know, we will only have that next year again. Yes. Because we have it every March. Um, so hopefully that will happen. It will actually be in Cape Town. So if any of your people around the world want to come, please do because you'll oh, be, yes. be a beautiful city. Um, and I'm sure it will be a good one. So, um, you know, that's the only real competition. Yeah. And and hopefully world championships, which I so thought I would be going to this year, it would have been perfect, you know, aging up and all that. Um, but not to be. But hopefully next year we'll be able to go to Japan. Yes, fingers crossed. That would be lovely. I've, I've got plans to do that too if everything opens up. Yeah, I think it's going to be really um, a good one, a nice place to go visit too. Yes. Have you ever been there before? No, no, but, you know, my, my swimming career dictates that I need to go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Is there a lot of master swimmers in South Africa? Quite a popular sort of um, uptake in master swimming? Not really. Um, and I'm not too sure why, because, you know, much like Australia, we have the weather and people like to swim. Um so there is and there isn't. I mean, our numbers have not really grown much. I mean, I've been involved in master swimming now since 1993. And, I mean, I was the president of master swimming in 2000 and that. And we had built up our numbers substantially at that sort of time because we sort of really pushed and advertised and let people know. Because, you know, many people don't even know about master swimming. Yes. Um, particularly in South Africa, amazing master swimmers, and that's for 60-year-olds, you know, they have absolutely no clue. Um, so our numbers don't seem to be increasing. I think our open water swimming has definitely increased um, across the board, but that's not always quite linked to master swimming. It's almost a separate entity. Um, you know, people just enjoy master swimming. So there's, a, there's, there's quite a big drive on, on that. And I think, you know, a lot of people feel intimidated by being in the swimming pool because they think that the people are focused on them and they can see their faults or that they're not that fast. Um, so there's that um, incorrect belief system that that's the case. So our numbers are not that, that big. But of the master swimmers that we have, 
we really have a lot of depth and we, we have such good um, master swimmers who do really well on the world stage. So, you know, percentage-wise, which is quite interesting. Um, yes. You know, but we don't, I think if we have 700 people, I think in the whole of South Africa, that, that would be quite a lot at the moment. I'm not too sure of the, the numbers right now because I'm not involved in the admin and that anymore. I've done all my time of being involved administratively. So I'm not too sure what the numbers are now. But yeah. they haven't really grown at all. Right. Okay. So that's interesting because I think we've found in Australia that, yes, during COVID, a lot of people have been attracted to open water swimming, obviously, because pools were closed. And that's really yeah. that's really booming. So I think one of the things for Master Swimming Australia is trying to, you know, encourage those people to come across to, you know, join a Master's Club. Um, you know, a lot of Master's Clubs have the open water um, races as well but yes it would be great to get more people involved in the pool swimming yeah I think the, the problem that we have in South Africa we don't we don't really have master swimming coaches yeah so a lot of people are just swimming on their own you know um I've I've coached masters groups um but you know for say for instance someone who belongs to Cape Town master swimming they don't have the opportunity. We don't have a, a, a Cape Town master swimming coach. Um, you know, we have a couple of people that are employed by the gym to, to do master's coaching. Um, otherwise, people are really swimming by themselves or trying to swim in small groups. And I think that seems to be the problem. There, there's not enough um, structured coaching and, and, and assistance for master swimmers so that mainly swimming on their, their own or in small groups without somebody who maybe can assist them in whatever way they're needing. You know, it's either by asking somebody or just plodding or plodding along. And I think that is the problem and, and really not enough pools. Yes. Yeah. So is there a, um, an outdoor 50-metre pool in Cape Town? Um, there are. I have one right outside my window just about. Um, it's a beautiful pool. It's right on the sea. But um, it's difficult to train there because there's no lane ropes. There's no flags. You're outdoors. Yep. You've got rest of the public. There's no designated time. So you're dodging and diving a lot of people while you're trying to swim backstroke. It's just about impossible. Yeah. Um, so it's not a, a pool I used to often. I love to go and swim there. It's just, it's beautiful. But a nice crawl set would be good because it's a 50-metre pool as well. So there, there are some, but um, it's quite restrictive. So Newlands is a beautiful pool, but it's it's falling down. I believe they're actually busy fixing it. So hopefully it will be finished by next year. Um, but they, they don't really have sort of Olympic standards. And there is one in, in Stellenbosch, but it's, it's an outdoor pool, there's not enough space around it. They're not, um, the university is not inclined to let us use it. They charge a lot of money for us to use it when we eventually can use it. So we have a lot of um, obstacles as master swimmers actually getting access to, to um, pools. Yeah. We're a bit luckier with indoor pools because a lot of this, this, this um, schools in Cape Town have actually built um, indoor uh, pools, mainly for water polo. Um, so we, we we have a little bit more access to that, but 
it's also quite difficult because the schools, you know, are either using it for themselves. So we really have a challenge. And I think that's partly all to do with the numbers and that. Yes. Are not growing. So um, it, it's really difficult to be an administrator in master swimming um, in South Africa, you know, in, on a provincial or club level. You've just got so much stacked against you. Yeah. But with all that doom and gloom, um, <laughs> still has um, probably is one of the is probably the second biggest club, and um, we are really tight group and and very social and connected. Yes, yes. I mean, you've got such depth with those uh, relays, those world record relay teams that you've you've got mixed ones and women's ones. Mm. Yes, yeah, so we we do indeed, and I think um, for me that's that's also been such a special thing. So um, for many years, I did the relays just for our um, local national championships. Um, and, you know, relays are always just such fun. And, you know, you always like having a go at the other teams and, yeah, we come and rah, rah, rah. And there's just, <laughs> there's just such an energy around the relays. And, um, you know, at the time when, we were, when I was first doing it, it was just to include as many people to hopefully that, the whole team could have got a medal um, because not everybody can win an individual medal. So to try and make sure that everybody would win a medal in a relay. So at least when we came home, everyone could say, ah, oh, I've got a medal. Um, and then um, I think it was in 2005, um, as you say, we, we're lucky we have quite a lot of depth, especially with our ladies. Um, and I put a team together and I was like, gee, you know, I think we can actually break the South African record and and didn't think much more about it. And after we swam, um, the guy announced hey, it's a world record and was like, wow. which team broke the world record? Um, and uh, and it was us. And, and that sort of set into motion to actually start looking at what the world records were because we never really looked because, you know, it wasn't something that was on everybody's list to say we can do that. And it, it just sort of spiraled from there. So, um, I mean, I've been fortunate. I've been in, in a lot of uh, world record relay teams. Um, and, I, you know, talking about, for me, those are just as special because they are, we have so many people in our club now that have world records, even if it's in the relay, um, which is, is quite something because, you know, each person has his part to play in the relay and it's, just it's it's such fun and it's it's so rewarding um i'm not doing that anymore because it was time for someone else to so my friend perry doing it and she does a brilliant job but when it comes to worlds or when i know um the core set of ladies that i swim with with um sandrina and diane gale when we start aging up and we get to the next one um start looking at the possibilities of a world record so I then do interfere a little bit, but <laughs> oh no, that's lovely. I think those those friendships from relays and team trips away are, are part of the the lovely part of master swimming. Exactly. I mean, you know, a lot of people who don't understand say, "Oh, swimming is so boring," and don't you get sick of looking at the black line? Uh, but you know from when I've coached or when I've swam in a group, yeah, when you're swimming, you know, you're, you're concentrating and you see the black line, but when you stop and you have your rest interval, there's always time to chirp somebody or have something to say. Um, you know, I've never been where 
I'm in a squad and there's not some sort of conversation, something happening. Um, you know, there's always somebody who doesn't quite get the instruction right and then, you know, there's a whole thing about that and, you know, <laughs> who's, who's gone faster and who hasn't and who's cheating and who's <laughs> doing. So, you know, I, I don't find swimming boring. Um, no. I find, you know, when I'm, when I'm actually got my face in the water, I enjoy it because it's one of the times that I'm really present. I mean, if you swim, you know you have to be present because you've got to remember to breathe and you've got to focus on what you're doing. So I think that's why I enjoy swimming so much because it gives me that time out to be quiet and to be present, but to still know exactly what's going on when you stop and um, in when you've finished or before you get into the pool. There, there's always some activity going on. Yeah. So I definitely don't agree with that. It's it's a boring sport and it's lonely. I, okay. I think it, if you're swimming by yourself, yes, but um, it's not really if you're in a group. Yes. I think other people outside of swimming have a hard time understanding that a conversation can just be continued in 10 seconds rest at each, you know, after each repeat. Yeah. Or even just a glance or a glare or a eye contact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Behind mirrored goggles, of course, is a bit harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But sometimes you just sort of understand. I mean, I've had opportunities where when I'm swimming and I breathe and someone's breathing at the same time and you just make that connection. When yes. you're passing and each time you're breathing, you're like, I know what you're thinking. You're trying to do this, you know, you're trying to get there ahead of me or you're slacking off or there's just sort of an unwritten, like, understanding. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Wow. Well, Cecilia, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been lovely getting to know you and hearing about your swimming journey. And hopefully one day or hopefully next year, if Japan goes ahead, we'll get to meet on pool deck. Oh, I'd love that. That would be great. I'd love to meet with up with you. Yes. So let's hope times that this COVID is, is over in a year's time. I, yes, I hope so. I hope we can all get there. Super. Thanks so much, Danella. It was lovely chatting to you. Okay, thank you. I wanted to give a bit of a shout out to some listeners who've left some lovely reviews on Apple Podcasts to see Sue Seagull and SwimFan101 and Flannel Fairy 7. Thanks for the feedback. I, I love hearing that you're enjoying the show and you're getting a lot out of it. Um, I certainly get a lot out of talking to our lovely guests, but it's good to hear that other people are as well. Um, Drop me a, a review if you can on Apple Podcasts. Remember, it's free. Uh, free to subscribe to any of your podcast platforms and love hearing from you and looking forward to getting more feedback. Enjoy. Happy swimming. <laughs>